You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln audio podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Nick. Uh, I oversee the students and compassion ministries here. Pastor Stan obviously is not here. Uh, Him and Cammie are doing a little staycation at home, enjoying the morning together. So I am honored to share with you the word today. So everyone say yay. Awesome. Great. Very responsive. Um, Well, I figure first off, we can just address the fact that today is a time to celebrate. Not only are we uh, coming out of the Christmas season, but we are finally in the last week of 2020. So everyone say yay. Very responsive. Thank you. Um, We are finally here. And if you guys were here for Christmas Eve service, was anyone here Christmas Eve service? Twice in one week. Wow, I love it. Um, You heard Pastor Sam say, I don't know about you, but I think we can all agree that in some way or another, uh, 2020 just did not turn out the way we expected it to. Uh, So we are celebrating the fact that we are getting able to move on, get a fresh start, kind of like what we do every single year. Uh, And tomorrow we'll be able to celebrate the last Monday and then the last Tuesday And then eventually the last day, and we'll just be able to move right into a new year. So I hope you are excited, because I am. But before we get to that point, um, I wanted to share with you guys something that Lisa actually brought up during our morning prayer today uh, that I think really ties in to the topic and the message that we're discussing today. Because she talked about how there is an excitement for 2021 coming up, but it's more than just getting away from the year we just experienced. It's about how are we going to be able to be changed and be more like God as we go into a new year. And I think we need to do something this year that I'm sure we all do, but it's just as important now as it always is every single year that it comes around. That we reflect on our lives and we think, what have I learned in this past year and how am I going to be better because of it moving into a new year? You know, we talk about New Year's resolutions. We talk about changes that we want to make. So the big question we have to ask ourselves, what are those changes and why? How am I going to be better because of what I experienced? If you have your notes today, there's a quote in there that says that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. Life can only be understood backwards, meaning that when we look back, that's when we can kind of put together some thoughts and understand why it is that I experienced the things that I did. We can't predict the future. All we can do is look back and kind of see with a bigger grasp of what was happening. Oh, this is why I went through that. This is what I learned from it. We can understand things once we've actually lived through it, but we can't go back and change the past. We can't change mistakes that we've made. We can't undo things that we experienced. All we can do is learn from them, adapt from them, and try to move forward and live better tomorrow than we did yesterday. There's a funny uh, comic, at least I thought it was funny, but uh, when I was preparing for this message, I just saw a quick comic during the week, and it was a businessman kind of standing in front of a conference room, and he's got his whiteboard behind him, and it's just a trajectory of the year, and it's just all downhill. It's just like this arrow, almost like the Great Depression, like you just see like a plummet. And he's like, okay, well, if we experience deja vu, let's just make sure we handle it differently than what we actually did. And it was just like this idea of we have to be able to adapt, and we always want our future to look better than what it did in the past. 
And more importantly, as believers, we always want to be making sure that we are honoring God in all the decisions we make. And hopefully, if we're continuing to be transformed, if we're continuing to learn and understanding who God is more and more every single day, then our hope and our prayer should be that we are able to reflect God's character better yet tomorrow than what we did yesterday. And I think that's just as important, especially when we find ourselves coming out of a year like 2020 and going into the next year. Because like I said, this year has been different than what anyone could have imagined. It's looked different than anyone could have predicted. And I think every single one of us in one way or another experienced some kind of curveballs. So the question we ask ourselves is, how are we going to be better because of it? More than just knowing how to function on Zoom, more than knowing how to do work at home while my kids are doing school at home, but how as people are we going to be better moving forward? The past can't be changed. The only thing that we can change is the future and how we respond to it. We can't predict what's going to happen to us. All we can do is open ourselves up to be adaptable as the future comes. And so um, for me, the, when I think about that circumstance, I kind of think of a story of when I went hiking about three years ago, Kurt, something like that. I asked Kurt because Kurt was there. It was a hiking trip. It was my first year here. And it was me, Kurt, uh, Pastor Aaron, and Pastor Trish's husband, Chris, uh, who's also here. Um, so it was the four of us getting ready to go on a hiking trip, right? And they're both smiling because they know how miserable of a trip that ended up becoming. But what happened was that it was, you know, late March, early April, and we're planning a trip to go hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Um, so we said, you know what, we have Wednesday night services. We're going to go through services. We're going to take Thursday off. We're going to drive late. We're going to bring our stuff with us to work, and we're just going to get out there sleep in a little bit and start hiking, you know, late morning on Thursday morning. Um, but the week leading up to it, we're sitting in a room, we're discussing, we got Chris on a group chat, and we're just looking at, you know, what's the weather going to look like while we're out there? And so one of us checks our app, and we see it's like a 90 to 100% chance of rain all day on Thursday. And we're like, well, that sounds miserable. What do we do with that? You know, do we even go on the trip? Do we even, do we try to reschedule? What, what do we want to do as far as this weather? Another one of us has a different app on our phone, so we checked the weather on there, and it only said it was like a 20 to 30% chance of rain, right? So we have like two drastic different predictions for what Thursday's going to look like, and we're just like, well, what do we do? So we all make the decision, you know, we're going to go out there, we're going to bring extra equipment, we'll bring a rain jacket, bring extra socks, you know, whatever it might be, a windbreaker, just things to make sure that if it doesn't rain, great, we'll have a good time. If it does rain, we'll be prepared and we'll handle it and we'll still enjoy ourselves, but we're going to go on the trip. So then Tuesday came and went, Wednesday came and went, it's Wednesday night. Got our packs in the car, we all rendezvous and we're like, all right, let's go. We saw that the rain was coming, we were ready for that, but we didn't see the cold front that was coming in either. So we're not really dealing with rain Thursday morning. We're dealing with ice, we're dealing with snow, and we're dealing with all this stuff that we are not ready for. But we still decide to go out. And when I say it was miserable, it was, I, I don't think Chris has gone hiking since then. Not one, nope. 
But we, we looked like, I mean, we looked like amateurs. We had our rain jackets on, and then we had like our PJ pants on because that's all we brought for the drive home. You know, Kurt hiked all day, and then we got to the campsite at like 5 o'clock, made his tent, went inside. We didn't see him for like another 12 hours. We were talking to ourselves. I was like, I'm pretty sure Kurt died in there. <laughs> but it was a terrible experience, except for the fact that we still look back at that trip. Kurt literally brought the story up to me. He had no idea that I was bringing it up today, but he talked to me about it this morning because we look at it and we laugh about it and we're like, well, that was an experience. And we're happy, happy that we still did it because we've all kind of learned something about it. I'm not going to say we're better hikers, but we definitely learned how to prepare better. We learned to check more than just the rain predictions. You know, I think Chris is only going to stick to hiking in the summer now rather than the winter. But we all learn different skills for that. The next time something like that happens, we're able to prepare and be more prepared for it when it comes. And that's how we have to feel about this last year. And I'm not saying that we're going to look back at 2020 and eventually we're going to be laughing about it or just laugh it off because I think it's been a really tough year for a lot of people. You know, people dealing with the loss of loved ones, you know, dealing with sicknesses, loss of jobs. There's been a lot of hard things that have come with 2020 that is nothing to be laughed at. But the point I'm trying to make is that what are we going to do to realize how can we better be better people because of it? What are the small things that I can grasp for so that when the next year comes, I'm better off because of the experience that I had? doesn't mean I enjoyed the experience, but I'm better off because of it. And as I was preparing for this message, one of the things that came up in what I was reading in scripture that I just felt like the Lord was really drawing me to was the story of Daniel. And if you've ever read his story or if you know of Daniel, if you've been in church, you know that Daniel is always seen as the man who was able to live a righteous life while living in a culture that did not value the same things. He was a man in Babylon that was under a foreign king, but was still able to live the life that God intended him to. And we all know the stories of how he was, you know, in the lion's den or how his friends were in the fiery furnace and walk out unscathed. But the thing that I felt like God was really drawing me to over the last couple of weeks was not just the things that Daniel did, but the circumstances that he was truly experiencing that I feel like I sometimes just completely overlook. And so my wife's a teacher, so I brought an illustration so I can try to draw it out. Um, she tells me that this is the best way to get second graders' attention. So I thought it could work here. Um, but I just wanted to tell you guys kind of what my thought process has been through. And this is kind of the, the trajectory that we see of the people of Israel and how they see them interacting with God throughout their timeline. And if you've read the Bible or if you've been in church, you know that one of the big things that we always talk about is how Moses brought the people of Israel out of Egypt and they enter into the promised land. Everyone say, right? Great. I think that's going to stay. So they enter into the promised land and they're thinking to themselves, this is what God intended for us. That God made a promise to his people that they are going to be the chosen people. They are going to be blessed by God. That they are going to enter into this land. And not only are they going to be blessed, but the entire world is going to be blessed because what God is doing through this group of people, through this nation of Israel. And you fast forward and then what we see happen is they turn into a kingdom. 
And I wouldn't necessarily say that this is exactly how they saw it playing out. But they asked God for a king, and we know the stories of King David, of King Solomon, how God continued to work through this nation when they were in control. How they went through some ups and downs, and it might not always play out the way they thought it would, but they were still blessed and being honored because of what God was doing in this nation. But then King David comes and goes, King Solomon dies, and what we end up seeing is civil war. And this great nation that is God's chosen people ends up getting split in half, right? And we have two nations come up. And it's kind of like, a, oh, we didn't see that coming. Like, what? We, we're God's chosen people. We're the people that are supposed to bless the world. And yet we're divided like this? Like, how did anyone see that predicament happening? And then we see one of these nations just get wiped out just taken off the map. And then we see another nation, and this is where we see Daniel come in. Bab, Bill, Juan. That sounds right. You guys get what I'm saying. But you see a people get conquered. And God takes these people and he brings them, and the king takes them out of their homeland and brings them into this foreign land of Babylon. And now they're in a different culture with different priorities having to be forced to live in a place that they just don't know anything about. And so for the people of Israel and for Daniel who's living in this time, the most of the people are probably thinking, we were here, how did we end up here? God promises this, but we're dealing with this. Why is that happening? And when we realize that that's what Daniel was dealing with, I think we appreciate the fact that he was able to stand up and continue to be a righteous man. Because in Psalm 37, and this isn't in your notes, but I just want to share with you a couple of scriptures that you can write down and you can look at them later. But in Psalm 37, we see the way that all of Israel was feeling during this time. It said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above as my highest joy. So the nation of God's chosen people are dealing with this mindset of God, help me make sure I don't forget the promises that you gave us. Don't let me forget where I came from because in this place, it's going to be really hard for us to remember. And I think that's how a lot of us might feel about the current climate we're in. Not to say that we're in this situation, but I think a lot of people, whether we're talking about politics, racial injustice, you know, the pandemic, there's a lot of people that are probably asking themselves, how did we get here and what's happening? And how am I going to continue to honor God as we move forward? And that's why I felt like God was just stirring me about this story of Daniel. Because in spite of that, he was still able to live a righteous life. He was able to adapt to a new environment and continue to honor God in new ways. Whether that's requesting to be able to do a different diet, whether that's answering questions about things that people didn't understand, he was still able to find opportunities to honor God. And it's not because of what the Babylonians were doing around him. It's not because of what the people of Israel were doing around him. But I think we see it play out in Daniel chapter 2. When the king had a dream and the king had no idea what his dream was about. 
He was looking for answers. He was trying to find someone to help understand what is it that this is supposed to mean. And he didn't tell anyone about that dream. He wasn't trying to just have someone make up a story to give him. But Daniel approaches the, the king and he approaches him and talks to him about the dream. And this is what he said. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand and it struck the image on its feet of iron clay and broke them into pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the shaft of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. When we read that, or at least when I read it, I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Like he's talking about a statue, he's talking about a rock, and that's all I can get. But looking back and being able to look back in history, what we can pull from it is that the dream that Daniel was interpreting was a promise of God's kingdom. That the message that they can pull from this was that the rock that turns into a mountain was God's kingdom that was going to be established above all else. And he didn't say when it was going to happen. He didn't necessarily say how it was going to happen. But the promise that was made was that God was still in control and God still had a plan for his kingdom that was going to play out. And that's the same promise that we can hold on to today. When we find ourselves in a time where we're just like, I don't know what the next step for me to do is. I don't know how to respond in this situation. What we can hold on to is because of what Jesus did on the cross and the trust that we have that he will return, that God is still in control and that his kingdom is coming. And all we can do is know how to respond as believers in whatever situation we find ourselves in. And so as we're going through and as we're finishing up here today, I just want to go through what are some things that we can learn from the last year, right? What are some things that we can take from 2020 and say, okay, I don't want to forget that lesson because that's a really good one for me to hold on to. And then also, what are some things that we can look at looking forward? As believers, as people that are called to be a light into the world, to be the church of God, how can we respond going into a new year? And what are some priorities that we can continue to make as we go into it? So number one, looking back, what have we learned? Worry does not solve our problems, but it drains our faith and wrecks our emotions. Worrying doesn't help with anything, but it drains our faith and it can wreck our emotions. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, it's really easy for us to just say, oh, we can't worry about anything. But I think we can all agree that 2020 has probably given us plenty of stuff to worry about. You know, furloughs, whether or not we have jobs. Is, you know, that loved one that's sick going to make it? One of my kids going back to school. There's plenty of things for us to worry about. But the point that we have to realize is that this passage isn't talking about not dealing with the emotions of worry. But what it's saying is that we can't allow ourselves to be held captive to our concerns, to be held captive by our stress, by our anxiety. All we can do is acknowledge that we are in tough times, that there are things that are going ways that we don't want them to go, 
deal with that in that moment, but then trust that God is still in control. And when we're feeling stressed or freaked out or not knowing what tomorrow holds, we have to give those feelings up to God and respond in the way that we feel like he's calling us to in that moment. But we don't want to be captive to our anxieties. Number two, physical distancing is good during a pandemic, but social distancing is not good. And I would go on to say that physical distancing might be good, but spiritual dis- distancing is not good. And I'll say, like, you know, for me personally, this is just a personal opinion. This is something that I feel like if you've seen the news, you know, obviously church has been a hot button topic. You know, should the church be gathering? Should the church be meeting on Sunday? Should we be singing? Whatever it might be. And my, I mean, my personal opinion is looking back at this last year, there's times where the church could be meeting. There's times when the church probably shouldn't be meeting. And, you know, there's times where we really should be avoiding meeting altogether. But regardless of where we fall on that debate or regardless of what you think about that conversation, what doesn't change is the fact that whether or not we're meeting on a Sunday, that doesn't stop us from being the church every day of the week. Because when Jesus was talking about his disciples, when he was talking about what is going to be the thing that makes people see you and realize, oh, that's someone who is a follower of Jesus. It wasn't whether or not they were singing. It wasn't whether or not they were meeting in a building. It was how are they loving one another? How are we expressing our love when we have the opportunity to, when it's not as easy in a year that it has been in the past. You know, for me, I got two friends in Florida that I still talk to, and they're the guys, you know, we take a trip together annually. We check in on each other. We see how we're doing. How can I pray for you? Hey, man, I just need to vent. And we do that consistently, and we've done it for years. But honestly, this last year, those phone calls and those text messages probably came a lot more consistently than they did in years past because we needed it more, because it wasn't as easy for us to get together, but it doesn't stop us from having a calling to love one another, to care for each other, to check in on each other. It's kind of like, so I'm, so I'm 28, I'll be 29, so I got one more year of my 20s left. And the thing I hear about in regards to exercise, weight loss, whatever it might be, is that it's a lot harder to do it in your 30s than it is to do in your 20s. Can anyone attest to that? Some of us, some of us maybe, I don't know. If you're telling me it's easier in your 30s, that excites me, but that's not what I've heard. But we can say as we get older, those things might get tougher, but it doesn't mean those things are impossible if we make them a priority. You know, to live a healthy lifestyle, that's always in the grasp of us if we're willing to make it a priority when it gets tougher. And the same goes with being the church. The same goes for spiritual connection. It might be tougher for us to meet and we might not be able to see our brothers and sisters on a weekly basis, but then that's on us to make sure we're saying, how am I still making it a priority when it's tough? Because regardless of what happens with physical distancing, what we can't stop doing is looking out for one another. What can we learn from 2020? Number three. Disruptions can be a place of opportunity if we are willing to seek God. Pastor Stan literally called it on Christmas Eve service that 2020 is just one big disruption for all of us. We've all experienced some kind of disruption in our life, but that doesn't have to be all bad things if we're willing to see how is God moving in the midst of our circumstance. 
I heard a pastor say one time that if we're not willing to reprioritize our life, there's opportunities where God will make sure that we're reprioritizing our life to focus on him. You know, if we're stopped, if we're at home, if there's things that we experienced in the last year that we did not plan for, maybe we can be asking ourselves, all right, what can I change and what can I do to reset or recalibrate so I can continue to find ways to honor God? It doesn't mean disruptions are fun, but it does mean that they can be beneficial if we're willing to let them be. And number four, in the storms of life, we must be anchored to the truth of God's word. And I would say more importantly, we need to be anchored to who God's word is a witness to, and that's Jesus Christ. That when we find ourselves in tough times, we're never guaranteed that we're not going to go through struggles. We're not guaranteed that we're going to go through hardships. But we are still called as believers to be transformed by the Holy Spirit and find opportunities where we can reflect the image of Christ in our lives. And we can't do that as people. We cannot do that as imperfect people. The only way we can do that is when we are pursuing his spirit, his love, his word, and pursuing him above all else. And if we can pull these things out of 2020, I think we can all agree that that is setting ourselves up, hopefully, to be better off tomorrow than we are today. So we'll go through this real quick. What does that mean for us moving forward into a new year? How are we supposed to live our lives going into 2021? And I'm going to go through these, through these a little bit quicker because, quite frankly, I think there's one verse in John that allows us to really kind of decipher what it is for us to live uh, the way that God's calling us to. And it's John 17, 16. When Jesus was praying for his disciples and when he was describing them, he said, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. You see, Daniel wasn't able to live a righteous life because of what the Babylonians were doing. He wasn't able to live a righteous life by seeing what the other Israelites who were struggling, who were hopeless were doing. All he could do is remember that God has called his people to be out from the rest of them, to stand out, to be called to do something that God is using them for. And in the same way, Jesus tells us that we are not of this world and we cannot be living of this world. But the moment that we accept Christ as our Savior, that we are reborn, that we are transformed into the image of God, that we are adopted into his family, and that each day we continue to be renewed and looking more and more like Jesus every single day. So how do we live that out? Number one, we choose to live humbly, not pursuing our own plans, not pursuing our own desires, but pursuing uh, what God has for our lives. Number two, we live confidently, not confident in the circumstances we're in, but confident that God is still in control and that he has a plan for his people, and that plan is coming into fruition. Number three, we live graciously, looking for opportunities to love one another and to be a light to love and serve the community around us. And number four, uh, we live generously. What do I have? What are the things God's provided and blessed me with? And how can I use those things to honor and expand his kingdom? And as we close today, I just want to offer you guys this last verse that's in your notes. 
Philippians 1.6. And this is what we can hold on to. It says, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's not our job to explain the current circumstances. It's not even our job, quite frankly, to fix what tomorrow will bring. All we can do is pursue God and adapt our lifestyles and find ways to continue to be transformed to honor him better and better every single day. But as we close here today, um, I just want to ask you guys to close your eyes really quick. Because everything that we talk about, about having a trust in God, about living our lives to reflect Jesus, that all starts with a personal decision of whether or not we acknowledge Christ as our Lord and Savior. That we believe that he died on the cross, rose again, and because of that, we're forgiven of our sins. And I just want to ask if if there's anyone in the room that hasn't made that decision, but today you're feeling called and you're saying to yourself, you know what? I am finally ready to make that decision. And I'm acknowledging that today. If that's you, I just ask you, can you just raise your hand? Because I'd love to pray with you. And as we keep our eyes closed, I'm just going to ask everyone else to think to yourself, learning from 2020, going into 2021, I believe that there's probably something that God's putting at the forefront of your mind that he's kind of stirring in your spirit, that there is something specific for you, that you're like, you know what? This is something I'm holding on to. This is something I want to give up to God. And I want this to be an opportunity that I can honor and glorify God in my life. Whether it's the way we interact with other people, whether it's our temper, are we pursuing God at home, whether it be reading or prayer or whatever, there's something in your life that God is saying, you know what? If you surrender this to me in this upcoming year, I will use this to do great things. And if you have something like that, I just want to ask you to keep it at the forefront of your mind. Think about it. And as we pray, I just want this to be an opportunity for you to say to God, you know what? I'm laying this at your feet. I want 2021 to be an opportunity for this to be for you and not for me. So God, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, in coming out of a tough year, God, we thank you for the things that you continue to do, the good work that you continue to stir in us and in this community, God. Lord, I pray as we leave here today and as we go on throughout our week and into a new year that we don't just look at 2020 as a wash, but that you show us what are the blessings that you have given us. What are the things that you are doing in us that are doing a transformative work in us? And God, I pray that you continue to reveal to us how can we be more like you tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. Lord, for every one of us that has that thing in our mind that you're just revealing to us that you want us to surrender to you, God, Lord, we just lay that at your feet right now. God, because we don't want to be thinking that we're in control. We don't want to do things the way we think we should do them, but we want to do things the way that you call us to. Help us to honor you more and more every single day, not by our strength, but by your spirit, Lord. 
We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.